0: Welcome to the Mental Health Hotline. If you are obsessive-compulsive, press 1 repeatedly. If you are codependent, ask someone to press 2 for you. If you have multiple personalities, press 3, 4, 5, and 6. If you are paranoid, we know what you are and what you want. Stay on the line and we'll trace your call. If you're delusional, press 7 and your call will be transferred to the mothership. If you are schizophrenic, listen carefully in a small voice. will tell you which number to press. If you are depressive, it doesn't matter which number you press, no
1: Yo, check out Anchor. That's our sponsor. And that's how I make this show. So give it a shot. See what you can do. Alright? Yeah.
2: Well, let's get uh right
3: to it with words to the wise.
1: Mark 10. Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan. Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law. Jesus replied, But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman, commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered, No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not steal, do not give false testimony, do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Then you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home, or brothers, or sisters, or mother, or father, or children, or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them persecutions, and in the age to come eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again, He took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be betrayed to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later he will rise. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? he asked. They replied, Let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink, or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called to the blind man. Cheer up, on your feet he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road.
3: Holy shit!
1: Help us save the Galvan birds. Put this.
3: diabetes
0: Good evening. The Makers of the New Rinso bring you the Amos and Andy show with their guest tonight, Mr. Robert Benchley. The Kingfish is apparently confronted with a domestic problem because with his friend Andy, he has gone to call on that eminent authority on domestic relations and the author of that well-known book, Harmony in Marriage, Robert Benchley. The boys are at Mr. Benchley's office now to discuss the Kingfish's problem. Well, i certainly be glad to help you if I can. Yeah, you see my
3: friends here, the Kingfish kind of got himself in a jam with his wife and... We count on you to unjam him.
4: Oh, uh, yeah. You see, I figured that you was the expert on this stuff on account of the books you done unwrit, and maybe you could help
5: me. Yes, you understand, of course, that marital problems are nothing unusual, that they must be dealt with in the abstract. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah that, that's the only way to deal with them, all yeah. right? <laughs> well, you see, marriage is a lot different than living life as an individual. In marriage, we have two great forces. Isn't that right?
4: Uh, well, in my case, Mr. Benchley, it's just one great fool and one guy getting pushed around. That's <laughs> it.
3: Yeah, he's right about that, Mr. Benchley. When I goes up there to his house, it always reminds me of a butterfly fighting a P-38. <laughs> yeah, and
5: not a butterfly, that's, yeah. what that's right. Well, that certainly isn't right. But as I said before, to analyze marriage properly, we must look upon it in the abstract. Yeah. I like to picture marriage as a beautiful stream. First, it is two small brooks, each flowing its own way, calmly, serenely. Suddenly they meet. They join, they flow as one, through woodland gates of happiness, peace, and contentment.
3: Kingfish, when is we going to take our vacation? <laughs>
6: uh,
5: quiet,
4: then. Uh, uh, be quiet, there. Uh, uh, can't you see we're abstracting here? Go on, Mr. Benzie. Don't pay no attention to him. He
5: ignorant. Well, of course, you understand that I'm just using all of this as a figure of speech. Actually, there is no woodland glade, there is no valley, there is no stream. Eh? No. We sure went a long way without getting no place. I see that perhaps we'd better approach this matter in the concrete. Uh, tell me this. Has your marital trouble been of long standing?
4: Well, I don't know about her, but I've been standing as long as a
5: can. I can't... Kingfish, why don't you tell me the whole story? Yes, I guess that's the best way. Yeah, and give me all the details, everything that led
4: up to the trouble. Yeah, I said, well, the whole thing started when I decided to go into business. I come to see Andy in his office one day. Amos was there, too,
6: and I said to him,
4: Oh, come in, Kingfish. Yeah,
3: how is you, Kingfish? Oh, uh, hello
4: there, boys. Uh, say, Andy, is you doing anything in particular today? Oh, uh, no, I ain't.
3: Uh, you want to go into business? Well, if the proposition is attractive enough, I might reserve. it.
4: Oh, it's attractive, all right. It's the laundry business. Ah. You see, on account of the shortage of manpower and woman power and every other kind of power, the laundries is having a little trouble keeping up their production. Mm. Yeah, I guess they are doing the best they can. You know, I was talking to that fellow that down the street that runs the Bonton Laundry, and what he wanted to do is to farm out some of the work. In other words, he'd like to turn over some of the laundry work to us. Now, we could wash it and iron it and return it to him. We would be
3: what you would call a subsidiary of the main thing. A uh, sub-what? Subsidiary. Mm, yeah, well, that sounds good, all right, but uh, we ain't going to do no washing or ironing this we? Oh, no, no, no. We get lightning
4: to do it. Uh,
6: <laughs> you see,
4: what we do, we make him our own personal subsidiary.
3: Yeah, well, uh, suppose Lightning don't want to do it.
4: Oh, then he can get somebody else to do it. Uh, That way the real work can be done by a subsidiary of a subsidiary of the subsidiary. Oh, this is big business, all right. Yeah, Yeah, well, I know lightning got a washing machine over there, if that's what you're counting on. Oh, yeah, we're figuring on using that already. Yeah, well, I think I'll run along, fella. Uh, Okay, I must say, uh, by the way... Uh, on the way home, would uh, you mind stopping in at Lightning's house and tell him to wait there and get his washing machine ready? We're coming over to see him. All right, I'll do that.
3: Yeah, so long. Yeah, this is going to be a great business, all right, Kingfish. Say, uh, is it all right if I kind of mention it to my gal that i going to be a subsidiary?
6: <laughs>
4: oh, no, Andy, you can't say nothing about it, yet. You see... The first bundle they gives us is going to be sort of a sample bundle to see how we do's with it. Hmm. The laundry is careful about clothes. Yeah. yeah, They want to make sure that we turns out a good job
3: before they closes the deal. Oh, we might, uh, We got to make good, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, listen, uh, this is a pretty safe thing to put my money in, ain't it? Oh, this is safe and sound, ain't it? Yeah, well, that's good, because I'd hate to wind up losing my shirt. In my own laundry. Yeah.
6: <laughs> turn
4: it off, Lightning.
3: Turn it off. That machine ain't working right. Aye, y'all, Yeah, something's wrong with it. It's splashing all over you, Lightning.
4: Y'all, this job of being a subsidiary sure do get you wet, don't it? <laughs> i uh, tell you what to do. We'll scoop a couple of scoops of water out there, Lightning, and we'll try it again. Yeah, sir. Oh, by the way, Lightning, uh, we don't want you to say nothing to nobody about us being in the laundry business yet. You see, this is a sample bundle we got here, and we got to see how it come out for us.
5: Yeah, sir.
4: Now, you sure you understand now, Lightning? Now, tell me, what is you going to say
3: if somebody
4: asks you what you was doing? i just going to play dumb.
3: All right, that's enough water out. Turn it on now. We'll try it again. Yeah. Now, we'll just put this lady's shirtwaist in there and see how it works.
4: Yeah, go ahead. Put it in.
3: There you is. Uh,
4: hey, hey, what's happening
3: here? Yeah, where's the shirtwaist?
4: I don't know, but I see some buttons
7: flashing around in there.
4: Look, it's getting ripped to pieces. Turn it off, Lightning. Pull the switch. Stop this thing. Stop the thing, Lightning. Quick. Yeah. Uh-
3: now, look at there. Lightning, you is responsible. Get the shirtwaist out there, Lightning. Yeah. Uh,
4: uh, here's a little piece of sleeve I got here.
3: Uh, did you say piece? Uh, yeah, I have. That's all I want to know. In case anybody is looking for subsidiary Brown, tell him he done left
6: town. <laughs>
4: So you see, Mr. Bensley, when we finally got all the
5: pieces of that shirtwaist out
4: of the machine, it looked like a big jigsaw puzzle. It yes,
3: sure did.
5: Well, now, look, gentlemen, I can see very well why you might be worried about the shirtwaist. In fact, you got me worried about it myself, and I hardly know you. Uh, <laughs> God. But after all, you came to me on a problem of domestic felicity, which is my line. Now, I have a colleague down the street. As a matter of fact, he's right here in this same building on the ninth floor, room 907. And he has made a study of shirtwaist problems. Yeah, well, well, you ain't heard us out yet, though, Mr. Benchley. Mm, I'm sure I haven't. But just uh, what exactly has all this to do with your marital problem?
4: Oh, we get into that. You see, we didn't want the laundry to know that we'd done such a bad job. So what did you do? Well, we pieced the pieces of the shirtwaist together the best we could so we could tell what size it was, and then we went down to the latest shirtwaist department at the Globe Department
1: store to get another one.
3: We, we want something in a nice shirtwaist, miss.
8: Well, we have some very pretty ones. Did you have anything particular in mind?
3: Yeah, we seed one that's got, uh, well, it,
4: uh, it's a lot like the one we wants to get, mm-hmm. if we could know.
6: Uh, well, what is it like?
3: Uh, well, uh, as I remember, that, uh, there was some junk on the collar, and then there was some stuff down the front, and then there was some more junk on the cuffs, and then there was some stuff on the sleeves. <laughs> Is you got one like that?
9: Well, now tell me, uh, was it ruffled down the front?
4: Uh,
3: well, it was when we got through with it,
4: yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, let
9: me show you a blouse here.
4: Yeah.
9: Uh, this is our most popular model. Was it anything like this?
3: Hey, look, Andrew, That That's just about like it, ain't it? Yeah, that looks exactly like it. Yeah, we'll take one of them, miss.
9: All right. What size?
3: Well, now, that's
4: why we got a snag. We don't know exactly what the size is.
9: Well, is she large or small?
4: Well, as near as we can figure it out, uh, she ain't in the horse class. On the other hand, she ain't acting exactly no Shetland ponies. No.
9: Well, from what you say, I would judge that she would take about a 32.
3: Oh, no, no, wait a minute. Uh, that can't be right. No. Look how big I is, and all I take is a 16.
9: <laughs> well, the sizes run different for women. Now, let me show you a 32.
3: This new helper's a mess, isn't it? Yeah, the want money, really.
9: Now, this is a thirty-two.
4: mm Mm-hmm, yeah. This look all right to me. We'll take this one, miss.
9: Well, shall I send it out to your home?
4: Uh, no, I'll take it right along with me. Don't send it to my home. No, no, you see, this ain't for my wife. Uh, this is for some other woman. Uh, oh, hello, Sarah. I didn't see you standing there. Uh,
9: hello, Kingfish. Hello, Andy.
4: Oh, hi Sarah.
9: Don't mind me. I just happened to be in the stove browsing around. <laughs> I tell you I saw it with my own eyes. Oh, tell me, Sarah, I was all in. Well, when I was in the Globe Department store today, I seen George Kingfish Stevens buying a blouse, and I heard him tell the sales girl that it was not for his wife, but another woman. <gasps> oh! <laughs> Just a manicure today, Mrs. Van or did you want your hair done too? I'll take the whole Friday special, Phoebe. A married woman can't take no chances these days. Well, what you mean? Why, ain't you heard? George Kingfish Stevens is chasing a size 32 woman. That's the way it always seems to go, Sapphire. The wife is the last one to know. Sarah, if you know anything, it's your duty to tell me. What is they saying about Kingfish and me? I'll tell you, Sapphire, but remember, you dragged it out of me. I seen your husband buy a shirtwaist in the Globe Department store, and he told the clerk it was not for his wife, but for another woman. You heard him say that? With my own ears. Oh, where you going, Sapphire? Home, to Pat. I'm leaving that woman, Chaser, this very day. <laughs>
0: Well, the Kingfisher's wife has moved out. Right now, we find him and Andy again consulting that master of marital problems, Mr. Robert Benchley. So, you see, most Benjamin, my wife done left me. I didn't know where she
5: went or where to get in touch with her. Well, she certainly should have given you an opportunity to explain everything. Well, she is like that. She flies off the handle. Well, in dealing with a marital problem such as this, the important thing is to know the type of woman you're dealing with. Yeah. Hmm. As you probably know, there are several different types of women who enter into matrimony. For instance, there's the, uh, who wants to be an old maid, or he may not be so hot, but I just want to be too choosy, look what mother wound up with, type. (laughs) This is not really a marriage, but a bringing together of two ration
6: books. (laughs) Uh, Yeah,
5: sir, I see what you mean. And, of course, there's the jealous type, popularly known as the, what has she got that I haven't got, and where can I get a hold of it after she's through with it, type. (laughs) This is the sort of woman who marries a man for what he is, rich. Yeah,
3: I know the type you mean.
5: Uh, But you see, Mr. Benchler, what I want to tell you... And then, of course, there's the, with my clothes and figure, how can he resist me, or... (laughs) type. (laughs) In the usual marriage, a husband is taken for better or worse. This girl doesn't care what she takes him for as long as she takes him.
4: (laughs) Yeah, well, all that's good stuff, Miss Benchie, but what uh, we know is what type my wife is, you see. She is the pack-up-and-move-out type. <laughs> uh,
6: but
5: uh, there's a lot more to this story that i got to tell you yet. Oh, well, of course. Now, go on with your story.
4: Yeah, well, I, I finally found out that my wife was staying with a friend, so I went up there to see her and tell her the, the whole thing that happened, because we, we went to the laundry business. I wanted her to know that. And, and I was just getting a new shirt it at the store for the one I ripped in the washing. Don't you listen to me, honey, and let me explain the thing to you.
9: George Stevens, I ain't interested in nothing you got to say. We is through.
4: Oh, honey, I ain't never looked at another woman. Believe me, honey, you is the light of my life. You is the sunshine of my life.
9: Not no more, I ain't. This is the eclipse. (laughs) Oh,
4: honey, you can't do this to me.
9: Oh, I can't? Well, for your information, I is going to have this marriage enough.
4: After 17 years?
9: <laughs>
4: Look, honey, they don't null them after that long a time. You getting into the three Supreme Court stuff there.
9: You just wait and see. I ain't only nulling it, I'm voiding it, too. <laughs> I ain't going to live with no husband that showers his fetches on some other woman.
4: I keep telling you, honey, there ain't no other woman. Oh, sweetheart, think what you're doing here. <laughs> Don't break up a happy home. We was getting along like two little lovebirds in our little love nest, just billin' and cooing.
9: What you talking about? We ain't done no cooing in ten years. <laughs>
6: <laughs>
9: oh, look, honey, look,
4: you gotta let me explain to you what happened.
9: It won't do no good.
4: Well, I gonna tell you anyway. Look here, honey, me and Andy done went to the laundry business and went into business, you see. A big laundry was forming out uh, overflow to us. The whole thing was kind of a secret. They give us a sample bundle, and we tried it out in Lightning's washing machine at Lightning's house there, and it was just our luck to rip a shirtwaist. So all I was doing at the department store was buying a new shirtwaist, honey, to replace it. Now, that's the whole story.
9: And I suppose you expect me to believe that.
4: Now, tell me this. Why don't you believe me? Why does you believe this gossip mongrels when you don't believe me?
9: (laughs) I just do, that's all.
4: Honey, look here. Is you ever knowed me to lie to you... i I'm no, no, don't answer that, Here we
1: go.
9: <laughs> uh, what I
4: mean is uh, this. Is you ever knowed me to go out with another woman?
9: Well, you know, there's a first time to everything.
4: Now, please believe me, honey. I tell you, the laundry story is true. I don't even know the woman I bought the shirtwaist for.
9: Well, I'd like to believe you, George, but this is the kind of thing I got to think out for by myself. Why don't you come back tonight and I'll let you know.
4: Okay, honey.
9: Did you want to see me, Mrs. Kingfish? Yes, Then I want to ask you a question. Uh, well, I'll answer anything I can. Well, then tell me this: Was the Kingfish you and Andy in the laundry business together? No, we wasn't in no laundry
6: business. Oh.
9: <laughs> you mean you didn't wash no laundry in your washing machine and, and rip a shirtwaist or nothing?
8: I don't even know what you're talking about. That's
9: all I want to know. Thank you, like, and goodbye.
8: I sure can keep a secret, good. <laughs>
4: So you see, Mr. Benchley, after she done walked out uh, and uh, talked to
5: Lightning, uh, I was right back in the ash can again. Well, we must bear in mind, Kingfish, that in marriage, all things are relative.
4: Yeah, there's mixed up in it there, too, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Mr. Benchley, uh, the thing I wanted to... Oh, yes. Now go ahead with your story. Yeah, sir. Well, I decided that the only way I could get back in the good graces with my wife and sure that I had my feet on the ground... And that I was on the level was to get me a regular job and go to work.
3: Yeah, the kingfish was willing to make the supreme sacrifice.
4: Yeah, so what me and Andy done was we took the sample bundle back to the laundry and we told the
6: man.
8: Yes, Mr. Stevens,
4: we've been expecting you. Yeah, I said, well, now uh, uh, here's the sample bundle, uh, Mr. Oakley, that you give us, and I just want to tell you that we are resigning from the whole mess. Why? What's the matter? Well, it's just that for, I don't know, for certain reasons that i got to get myself a steady job that's going to make my wife happy.
3: Yeah, we're going to resign as Well, oh,
8: I'm sorry to hear this. This work you've done here looks very good. Well, as a matter of fact, the shirtwaist looks almost new. Well, uh
4: tell you the truth, Mr. Oakley, it is new. Uh, you see, in our first try at Washington, uh, we tore up the shirtwaist that was in the laundry that you sent us, you see. Well, uh, so then we had to go out to a store and buy this
8: new one at the Globe
4: Department store. Yeah, that's
8: well, nice. that's certainly fair enough. I know I think it was satisfactory. Well, I'm sorry you boys aren't continuing, but you know what you want to do. Well, thank you and
6: goodbye. Goodbye. goodbye, goodbye, uh, goodbye. Uh, goodbye.
8: You know, and this whole
4: thing that's happened between me and my wife sure makes a fella stop and think. Mm. When my wife was with me, of I loved and all that, but I didn't realize till she left me just how much I would really miss her.
3: Yeah, I know what you mean. Same way with me and money.
6: <laughs>
3: when i has got money, I don't miss it, and when I ain't got money, why, I miss it.
4: <laughs>
3: uh, how is that again? Well, uh, uh, I say that's the same way with you and your wife like it is with me and money. What way is that? Well, uh, I I was just trying to say what you were saying, only putting it another way. Yeah, well, you don't have to say
4: what I say another way. Who you think you is, Shakespeare? No.
6: <laughs> yeah, when I
4: say something one way, that's the way I like to say it. I wouldn't say it that way in the first place. Yeah, I'd say it the other way. If I needed somebody else to tell me how to say it, I'd say it that way the first time.
3: Uh... Yeah. What did you got to say for yourself, Andy? <laughs> Oh, I as a dirty dog.
6: <laughs>
3: you know something? You well, you is sure getting jumpy, Kingfish.
4: Yeah, certainly not jumpy. Well, uh, I guess I was getting a little jumpy, and I'm sorry. It. It's just because I was so upset on account of my wife. <laughs>
5: So you got yourself a job, eh, Kingfish? Oh,
6: uh,
4: yeah, uh, Mr. Benchley. That, that's exactly what I've done, you see. Uh, and i going to tell you something else about that job. It is a tough one. I, I've been slaving 12 hours a day and working my fingers to the bone.
3: Yes, sir, he sure is. And he ain't got no subsidiary, neither. He's doing all the work himself.
5: And didn't this help to get you back in the good graces of your wife?
3: Uh, it didn't make no imprint on her at all.
5: She was still convinced that there was another woman in the picture, and I... Oh, well, Kingfish, what has happened only runs true to form. The course of married life has as many ups and downs as you can see by this graph that I have here on the wall. Just come over here and let's examine this chart. Yes. Now, this line, <clears throat> indicated here in ink, represents married life. Yes. It starts off here and reaches a remarkable peak within the first two weeks. This is the period during which the young husband and wife are eating in restaurants. (laughs) The sharp decline which follows this comes with the beginning of home cooking and the cycle of the faulty gas range. At least the gas range takes the blame as it can't talk back. This, however, is only a temporary slump and we go along quite smoothly for some time with only an occasional drop as here at what is known in economic circles as the session over the fur coat Or here, where business conditions make it necessary for the husband to work late at the office all of a sudden. Mm. But now, in the course of this line, we notice a precipitous drop which maintains this low level for a short time. Looks like about two weeks here. And the line rises again, spectacularly. The husband's mother has gone home. (laughs) Now here, let me see, I don't, don't quite understand this complete break in the line. Either the husband and wife have separated or my secretary forgot to fill my fountain pen. I don't know what you well, Yeah, this is all interesting stuff, Mr. Bencher, but I still don't see how it applies to my kids. Oh. Well, perhaps I'd better hear the rest of your story.
4: Yeah, well, like I said before, uh, uh, getting a steady job, been cutting a wife with my wife, and, uh, well, of course, I done found out through the grapevine that she was getting ready to leave town and go back to her relatives in Georgia. So I went up to see her to
9: beg her once more not to leave Papa,
4: please don't go away. I love you, honey.
9: Get out of my way. I'm packing here, and I'm leaving on the afternoon train.
4: Oh, but honey, look here. I got me a regular job, and believe me, there ain't no other woman in my life.
9: You'll never prove that to me. From now on...
4: Uh, you better answer that door, honey.
9: You answer it. I don't live here no more. I have a package for... Oh, Mrs. Stevens, here's your bundle. Oh, thanks. I was waiting for that. I'm packing
2: now. And the boss told me to tell you that we were sure to help, and we had some of the stuff done on the outside. The fellas that did your stuff ripped the shirtwaist, but they went over and bought this new one at the Globe Department store for you. You mean...
4: Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me look at that shirtwaist. Yeah, let me see that. Yeah, here it is. Here's the one that I bought, honey. That's it.
9: Well, Mrs. Stevens, is uh, this satisfactory? Very satisfactory. Okay. Joy. Yes, honey. I can't tell you how bad I feel for not believing you.
4: Oh, that's all right. Uh, Let's forget the whole thing and never talk about it again.
9: Oh, George, this makes married life perfect. We're back together again, and you've got a steady job, and everything is wonderful. What
5: happened after that, Kingfish? Go
3: ahead, Dylan. him.
5: Uh, that's all. Uh, we is back together again. Well, are you fighting? Uh, no, sir. Well, if you're back together again and you're not fighting, why in the world do you come to a man like me for advice? Well, that job that I took when I tried to quit, the man said, no, I was froze to it. Now, what I want to
4: know from you is how can I unfreeze myself from the job I <laughs>
0: Be sure to listen again next week at this same time for the amos and andy christmas show when the boys guests will be the paul taylor chorus who join in amos and andy's special christmas presentation we guarantee you'll enjoy it this show as always will be broadcast to our armed forces everywhere our thanks to robert benchley for joining us tonight mr benchley is currently finishing the picture national barn dance at paramount studios this is harlow wilcox speaking for all of us and folks Here's a date to remember. It's Wednesday, December 22nd. That's the day when once again you can hear one of radio's proudest moments. That traditional yuletide treat, Lionel Barrymore in his best-loved role of Old Scrooge in Charles Dickens' immortal story, A Christmas Carol. It will be broadcast on Wednesday, December 22nd, so get the whole family to listen. See your local paper for time and station. Don't miss Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol starring Lionel Barrymore, the only time this Christmas classic will be broadcast.
8: This is ABC News, New York. Art Van Horn speaking. This is a special report on the disaster in Alaska. A report on that story. Earthquake. One of the natural disasters where man is helpless. It struck a devastating blow to the state of Alaska. The quake struck at 10.45 p.m. last night Eastern Time. That was 5.45 p.m. in the afternoon. Alaskan time. The height of the homeward rush hour in Alaska's biggest city of Anchorage. Anchorage was badly damaged, especially in the section downtown. The rolling timbler lasted only a few minutes, but its power was terrible. Scientists say the Alaska quake registered as severe as an earthquake can register. Buildings collapsed. Anchorage's main shopping street was destroyed. Fires broke out. Electric power lines whipped down like angry snakes. Communications were cut off. And a spreading tidal wave, as though a huge stone had been dropped in a pond spread damage down the Canadian, American, Mexican, and South American coasts, and across the Pacific to the islands of Hawaii and the Asian continent. The death toll is put at a minimum figure of 600 by officials on the scene. In the city of Kodiak, 50 died, 50 more are missing. A 30-foot tidal wave devastated Kodiak. Twenty-eight victims are known to have been killed in the seaport town of Valdez, some 125 miles east of Anchorage small communities along the edge of Kodiak Island reportedly disappeared. President Lyndon Johnson informed of the disaster while on an Easter holiday at his Texas ranch. immediately mobilized federal assistance. Mr. Johnson's first act was to declare the state of Alaska a disaster area. Speculation arose immediately that the President would fly north to inspect the damage from the air as he did during the recent Ohio River flood. A plane is standing by in Washington but presidential aides indicate they are doubtful the president will make such a trip today. Of Alaska's three members in Congress, Senators E.L. Bartlett and Ernest Greening are Alaska-bound from Washington, while Representative Ralph Rivers is waiting for onward transportation in Seattle. Soon after the earth shock hit the state of Alaska with its heavy blow, ABC contacted Paul Garwood in Fairbanks. Garwood outlined the disaster as it was seen in its earliest stage.
10: I'm reporting civil defense headquarters on a disaster that struck the united states 49th state late reports from civil defense headquarters reveals that anchorage has been very heavily hit by an earthquake of major proportions practically the entire downtown area has suffered damage estimated at from 75 to 90 percent many homes in the tourniquet section of the city the so-called gold Coast residential area have slid into cook Inlet these homes were situated on a bluff overlooking the inlet Natural gas lines have been ruptured, but according to reports, as yet unconfirmed, quick action by gas company employees has averted additional disaster. The Government Hill residential area adjacent to the Elmendorf Air Force Base has reportedly been isolated from the rest of the city. Road damage in the Anchorage area is extensive with crevasses across the highway in several instances. The port city of Valdez, reportedly wiped out by a tidal wave, has been isolated by a tremendous landslide across the only access road, the Richardson Highway. At 10.50 p.m., Alaska Standard Time, the second tidal wave was sweeping up Cook Inlet, and it hit the little fishing village of Soldovia on the southern tip of the Kenai Peninsula. Tidal action at Haines, Alaska, in the northern portion of the Panhandle, is reported as a full tide over one hour ahead of schedule, and that the water was continuing to rise at the rate of one inch every 15 seconds. Haynes is the northern terminus for the Alaska ferry system, and it's feared that terminal facilities may be destroyed. The Coast Guard has been constantly warning coastal residents to evacuate to higher ground, and from all reports, few, if any, fatalities have been recorded from that area of the state. Military warning sites are cooperating with ham radio operators in the setting up of a statewide communications network. The early stages of this disaster are difficult to cope with due to the tremendous distances involved. Even now, some five hours after the disaster struck, many communities are yet to be heard from. Damage will undoubtedly run into the hundreds of millions of dollars and is feared that the loss of life will be heavy. This is Paul Garwood reporting for KFAR Radio, ABC News in Fairbanks, Alaska.
8: That report, an early report, gives you some idea of how the scene appeared in this disaster's early hours. In Washington, ABC contacted the Pentagon, which is mounting a major effort at rescue and assistance. The helping hand is not only for the sizable military contingent in Alaska, but for the civilian population as well. Defense Department information chief Arthur Sylvester reports on news received from Alaska from the commanding general there, R.J. Reeves. Sylvester told ABC,
7: The general said that the Alaskan communities of Anchorage, Seward, Valdez, Cordova, Kodiak, and Kenai have received major damage. There are apparently some casualties in these communities, but because it is dark and confused, the local civil authorities have not been able to determine or even estimate the numbers at this time. Presently, there are no known military casualties, that is to say of people living and operating on the military bases. The general gave the following summaries of confirmed damage reports. He said that Anchorage International Airport control tower was destroyed, and FAA facilities there are inoperative. Indeed, the field has been closed to civilian flight because at the present time less than some 3,000 feet of runway is usable. In Anchorage, which is nearby, numerous major buildings have been extensively damaged and homes destroyed. Fuel tanks in the port area have been ruptured, and fires have been started in the rail yards. The business district of Kodiak has been washed away by the tidal wave. However, Warning was given in sufficient time to allow evacuation of personnel out of the danger area. Incomplete reports from Valdez and Seward indicate that the major tidal wave damage has been great and has resulted in fires. The Alaskan Command is giving all available assistance to the stricken communities, and General Reeves said this will continue as long as required to protect lives and property and to help the Alaskan people recover from the calamity that has been visited upon them. Some examples of this assistance are troops and material support, which General Reeves has provided to Anchorage and has attempted to get into the Seward area. But unfortunately, fissures in the road, some as wide as four feet, stopped our troops from transporting Uh, supplies and medical aid to the Seward area. general reported that an attempt will be made at daylight to airlift such supplies into the Seward area, and he proposes to use a combination helicopter and C-123 and C-130 airlift. They have been directed to provide troop and materiel support to Valdez as soon as the weather permits. The weather has been a limiting factor say nothing of the dark. The general reported that the visibility at 8 o'clock was 200 feet and a half mile. (coughs) The barracks on Elmendorf Air Air Force Base have been made available to shelter civilians. The Alaskan Command Headquarters will continue on a 24-hour operation during the present emergency to direct military support and assist in operations. Elmendorf Air Force Base, Fort Richardson, the Army Base, and Wildwood Station have all been damaged. The extent of the damage is currently being surveyed. However, the Alaskan Command is operational, and General Reeves says that he's fully capable of carrying out its assigned mission. The preliminary damage survey of Elmendorf and Fort Richardson reveal the following. The Elmendorf Air Force Base Hospital is severely damaged and the patients have been evacuated. Some damage has been suffered by aircraft on on the uh, apron, but the field remains capable of performing its defense mission also. The control tower at Elmendorf was severely damaged and is unusable, but it has been replaced by a mobile one. Both installations, that is to say, the Air Force Base and Fort Richardson, has suffered moderate to severe damage to utilities. And in some instances, power has not been fully restored to either one. The uh, the continuing tremors uh, causing for further damage and complicating the problem of reorganization and getting things back to normal. Uh, so far as the communications are concerned, the majority of the long line voice communications have been restored and the central circuits Two air defense activities are all operational.
8: That was Pentagon Information Chief Arthur Sylvester in Washington. The Red Cross is mounting a major rescue and aid effort. ABC's John Casserly talked to in Washington to the Red Cross Director of Disaster Services, Robert Edson. We switch now to Washington for that report.
2: Mr. Edson, are you operating on a disaster basis? Oh, yes, indeed. With these uh, earthquakes in Alaska, this is certainly a... Uh, devastating disaster, and uh, we've been operating since 1 a.m. this morning here at the National Headquarters, uh, as well as the Western area as soon as word re- was received. So we are operating around the clock, and we'll continue to operate around the clock as long as is necessary. From information you now have, is the earthquake as big as San Francisco at the turn of the century? The intensity of the earthquake, I understand, was about the same as that which struck San Francisco. I think by virtue of the uh, less populated areas that it hit, uh, it would not be considered as serious, and the loss of life at least uh, does not indicate to be that it will be as severe in that instance as in San Francisco earthquake. Can the Red Cross estimate at this time the loss of life and injuries involved in the earthquake? I wish we could because, of course, the people would like to know, but we do not have such information, and rather than issuing some type of a, of a figure, uh, we would say, no, we do not have. We have talked to the field director at Elmendorf Air Force Base, who has been in and around Anchorage, and he does indicate that the survey teams are going out, but that the damage of the business district and residential district is extremely heavy. Is there any danger of disease now, or do you have any plans in regard to that for the future? Well, there's no evidence of any disease at the present time, and we do not have any basic information in relation to the number of people that might have been injured. Of course, the uh, public health authorities will be very cognizant of the danger of contamination of water supplies, and I'm sure that every precaution will be taken to prevent any spread or any, any disease that might, might be developing among the people affected by the disaster. How much of the Red Cross funds may be called on? Of course, until we know approximately what the uh, damage has been and what the needs of the families are, how many houses have actually been destroyed or major damage, uh, it will be impossible to make an estimate but this will be considered certainly as a major disaster, and uh, we will uh, want to assure the people that the Red Cross will stay on the job in the recovery phase of this operation until the people who need our help uh, get it. In other words, the Red Cross, while this is an emergency phase right now, uh, we will move additional staff as situation warrant to help deal with the families on an individual basis to help them recover from the disaster. And this assistance, I would emphasize by the Red Cross, is an outright grant, and there's no obligation for repayment. I emphasize that, sir, because this is so, uh, so frequently misunderstood. How much in funds is available for such a disaster? Well, we have an $8 million uh, budget for disaster operations. Uh, so far, the, with the exclusion of the Ohio Valley floods, uh, nature has been fairly, fairly kind. Uh, but, of course, we, the, there are many chapters who are in fund campaigns at the present time in their March campaign. And people designed to contribute should contribute through the local Red Cross chapters. Would the Red Cross be willing to spend, for example, a million dollars, two, five million dollars? Oh, the Red Cross will spend that which is necessary to meet the needs of these people, be it a million dollars or five million dollars or ten million dollars. The funds the American people have always responded uh, to, the, to the Red Cross to help these people who need help. And uh, we, will, we will do the job, whatever it, the cost might be, with the support of the American people. How long would you estimate the Red Cross may be in Alaska? Of course, this is extremely difficult because, again, we do not know the extent of the damage. We do not know the total number of families affected. uh, So that uh, it could be a month, it could be six weeks, it could be two months, depending upon the size, the scope, and the number of people that really need Red Cross help. When do you believe a good estimate on the damage may be available? On the basis of, uh, of the information that we now have that survey teams are beginning to move into the area, uh, it would be my judgment that within 24 to 48 hours that we would have a pretty firm estimate of the the actual damage to uh, real property and to houses and businesses. Reports of casualties and damage are just beginning
8: to come in with any detail. Officials fear the worst on the earthquake in Alaska. This has been a special ABC News report on the earthquake in Alaska. Art Van Horn, ABC, New York. This is the ABC Radio Network.
0: coming soon
6: there will be a serenade to a pretty monkey
0: maid and soon a big baboon comes out the spoon beneath the moon oh she'll be true to monkey doodle doo way down in jungle town The teeming little village and struck out into the mysterious jungle. By native grapevine, we had learned of a tribe of ferocious man eating cannibals who held in their midst Mamo, a beautiful white goddess. After hacking our way through the dense undergrowth for hours, we finally came into a clearing. There, in the moonlight, was Mamo surrounded by a group of half crazed savages chanting the song of death.